Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 155. Disney with kids. Again, I think. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. Hey, Pete, how are you doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. That was like the most unenthusiastic I think I've ever heard you, ever. So yeah, I realized when I said, hey Pete, how are you doing, that it kind of threw you for a loop. I think usually I say, what's up, guys? I, I say something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was different. Well, um, here, I mean, we're here. You know, Matt, Matt was not able to join us tonight, but we're here. I'm really excited about the topic because the topic kind of involves you for the first time ever as far as uh, not first time ever with the topic, but first time ever with Disney and kids, and, and that's going to be exciting to talk about. Yeah, it is. So we're going to, obviously we're going to talk about uh, going to Disney World with kids. And if you want to hear kind of in depth what my plan is, we actually talk about that over on the Patreon episode in, in some detail. So if you're interested in that, uh, we, we do talk about it on the Patreon. But this is going to be more of a general how to plan Disney for kids in the current time. Because it is a lot different now than it was a year ago. Or a year and a half ago, or whenever, before Disney shut down. You mean the, the first time we did a Disney with Kids episode, which I do want to add, we got a lot of feedback over on um, on our Twitter and through our email. And I mean, we talked about things like dessert parties, character meet and greets, character meals. And so that feedback was all valuable. And I think that feedback will still apply in the future. But today, we're, we're kind of looking at it from the lens of we've been back to Disney now multiple times post-COVID. And not post-COVID, but post the reopening after they had to close for COVID. And it's different. And we're, we're going to talk about maybe some of the things that have changed. We also get to talk about Pete taking a trip to Disney here in the near future. And and I think we have some some news to discuss as well. So we've got a packed episode. We do. Let's, um, let's hit the news. So this is a very sad piece of news. Disney is planning on closing at least 20% of the Disney stores to shift their focus to e-commerce. And Tom, some of my greatest memories of going to malls when I was a kid is going to the Disney store. Like I loved going to malls with Disney stores because I could spend an hour and a half in there. Yeah. So Disney stores, I mean, we're, we're so there, there's, there's 300 of them in North America, right? We're kind of to blame for this. I mean, you shop on Amazon more than anyone I know. I, I do. I mean, the Amazon guy comes to my house every day. So, so we're, we're kind of to blame here. But I'm with you. I mean, I, I will never forget flying into the Orlando airport, MCO that is. And, and I haven't been an MCO in, in a while. Maybe not a while, but I haven't stopped. Is there still a Disney store in there? I don't know. There is. Uh, it was closed last time I last time I came through there, which was in January. Okay. It was closed in, I think it was open in September, actually. But regardless. So another piece of news that is still frustrating. We have two pieces of news here. I don't know if you've seen some of the additional harmonious work that's going on. Oh, my God. I was going to talk about it. It looks like a freaking Stargate parked in the middle of... The World Showcase. Lagoon. If you look at it at the right angle, it actually looks like the 
Epcot ball, as so many people refer to it as, is a golf ball being putted through the the hole, <laughs> the ring. But yeah, I don't understand why we need. I mean, they they brought the barges out every single day for illuminations, right? Why do we need this these monster barges parked in the middle of the lagoon? So my understanding is they're actually going to display things on these barges throughout the day, correct? I have no idea. I have not heard that. But I mean, it makes sense too. But it still ruins your view. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. It is It is frustrating, but I did I did want to make a note of that. Staying, I, I'm excited. Now, that being said, I am excited to see Harmonious. I mean, you're excited for any nighttime show at this point. That's Disney true. knows what they're doing. They've lowered the bar so far on nighttime shows. We'll take anything. I That's true. I don't think I don't think I would watch Rivers of Light, but I might. So staying with Epcot, the other the other disheartening news is they have a new entrance 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 uh music loop, I guess is what what you would call that, right? Yeah, and it's it's just not I mean, you've listened to it, right? I now have listened to it. If you have already listened to our Patreon, at that point, I, had, I hadn't listened to it. It, it basically debuted uh, the day that we recorded that Patreon. Pete had heard it prior to the episode and gave some uh, some of him just his opinions on it. But it's not it's not it's not really good. But it it's, could be because my heart doesn't want to accept a change. Well, okay, so, but it's it's like dark and like kind of foreboding, right? Like I I feel like the Epcot entrance loop that we all know and love is like joyful and happy and like this is just the opposite of that. It's trying to be epic, but it's just not. It's not my favorite and and I I said this on the Patreon, I'm going to say it again. There are a lot of changes that are necessary at Disney. Maybe not necessary, but some that like you know, I kind of fight as they're happening and then they happen and I'm happy about it. The now, now that being that being said, that I do love the the new fountain that they put in, which is the new old fountain. And why not just leave it in? with the old entrance loop? Yeah, I I like the uh, pavilion flags that they've put up now. Right, a lot of the change though, we like, but again, yeah, and may and maybe Disney will get some sour feedback on this and and go back to the to the Epcot entrance loop that we all know and love, but. I'll tell you what I'm going to do when I enter Epcot next. I'm going to have my AirPods in. I'm just going to play the Epcot entrance loop, the one that I like that's, as I walk under space. That's what Earth. I would do. That's what I would do. And speaking of Epcot, Food and Wine uh, has started. Not Food and Wine. I'm sorry. Flower and Garden has started. God, jumping ahead. Flower and Garden has started. It runs through July 5th. Uh, there are a lot of new food offerings, a lot of the same food offerings that uh, that you had before. I'm excited to to try some of these. I know that pineapple promenade, I always get there's like a pineapple beer or pineapple I think it's a pineapple cider maybe that uh, that I always get that's that's very good. So I'm excited to go back and see that. I'm also excited do you think they're going to have stuff in the what's the uh what's the place by the UK? The big, the big pavilion area. Yeah, the pavilion area. Yeah, the show place. The, um, the show place. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what's in there. I that was actually when we went for Festival of the Arts. That was our favorite place. They had a they had a steak tartare there that was 
It was a steak tartare with a sous vide quail egg and then some pickled vegetables that was phenomenal. Uh, we got it like 14 times. So that was there on our first trip back is with the with the Mindu Disney plus my wife uh, in September, right? Because I left my book bag at the UK. So the that that was there, but I don't think that food that the food tartar was there. But the the yeah. world the uh, yes food and wine was in there because remember I said, hey, we're we're gonna go in International Gateway. We'll get some AC right away, and we did. Correct. Correct. So excited to see that! You know, I love a good festival. And speaking of eating and drinking, yeah, I was—I think so you're going to say what I'm about to say. Yeah, there there is a new policy at Walt Disney World at restaurants, and and that is that everybody has to have their mask on unless they are like literally putting food into their mouths. Now Disney is not actively enforcing this right now, but. So let me let me clarify on that. I, when I say when he says Disney's not actively enforcing it, I have heard and seen and heard from people who have been in the parks. It's kind of by the restaurant and by the waiter, waitress, maybe manager on the floor. Some restaurants, like Garden Grill being one of them, has not been very strict with this rule. That's not to say if if you're a listener and you're in Disney right now and you're eating a Garden Grill tomorrow that they won't be strict with it, but. What they're saying is you will keep your mask on, you'll order your beverage, you'll order your food. You cannot remove your mask until your beverage comes, but in between sips, they'd like you to put it back on. When, you, when, it's, when your food hits the table and it's time to, to dig in, you may take it off while you eat. When you stop eating, or if you're going to get dessert, for example, and your main course leaves, they'd like you to put it back on before the dessert comes. So we'll see how well this is enforced. Speaking of, I, speak, I think that's all I have to say about. That. Yeah, I mean, it. it I, I kind of agree. But speaking speaking with food, speaking around food, there is a character breakfast coming back. It's coming to Disney Hollywood Studios, March twenty second. I think is the opening day. It's Hollywood and Vine. It is their Disney Junior Play and Dine character breakfast. My wife and I have eaten at Hollywood and Vine when they had, I think, this similar set of characters, and. We didn't know what was going it's, on. I mean, we it's characters that you didn't know, right? Right. So it wasn't like the Mickey, Minnie, uh, Don, so, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Pluto, that crew. Yeah. The, the way Hollywood and Vine works is that breakfast is the Disney Junior characters. And then the Fab, Fab Five do not come out until I think dinner. Because then it turns into like mini seasonal dining experience. Because my wife and I actually did a, a Hollywood and Vine before Fantasmic. And Mickey and Minnie and and Donald and Goofy and Pluto were all there. Yeah, and we did the same thing, but I think we had lunch. So we had like a lot of Disney Junior characters that we just didn't know at the time. <clears throat> yeah, I mean this was years ago, but um, that that's one item item to note. Pete, I've got so, I've got one more, and then I I, I can hear you got one too. But I was going to say, yeah, I've got I've got a couple. So Blizzard Beach will be opening March seventh, so it'll actually open just before. Just before this episode uh, airs, and I, you know, I I don't quite understand what all they're going to do. Masks will be required in common areas, but not on the slides or in pools. I mean, we'll see how that goes over. Disney obviously wants to open those those water parks. We talk all the time about crowd capacity and how do you manage it, and can you can you put some people in 
you know, you don't have the character lines that are eating up people. You don't have the shows that eat eat crowds. So can you put some people in the water park and, and does that help? I don't know, but that's uh, that's one item to note for sure. Yeah, it's tough to have a, a water park in Florida in the summertime and it not be open. Absolutely. No, totally agree. So a couple of things. Uh, Space 220 has posted some new job openings. They were originally scheduled to open in April, but it's been delayed again. It's still listed as coming soon. So still no hard time on when that opens. Hours for the parks have all been extended for really for spring break. And uh, this is from 314 to 320 right now. I mean, these are some late uh, late extensions. So for instance, Magic Kingdom has been extended from a 6 p.m. close to a 9 p.m. close. Epcot from a 7 p.m. to an 11 p.m. close. Hollywood Studios to an 8 p.m. close from a 7 p.m. close. And then Animal Kingdom to 8 o'clock from a 5 p.m. close. So a couple extra hours at every park through March 20th. And I think that this will probably continue through the end of March and possibly into April, just based on how busy these uh, these parks have been. Uh, Jungle Cruise. So Disney has filed permits to make some changes on the Jungle Cruise. Uh, and these are cultural sensitivity changes. So I, I don't. I, they're they're just going to be very small changes. Still to be seen. Are they going to take out Trader Sam? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think what you'll probably see is a, a character over, overhaul there. I mean, I think back to Pirates of the Caribbean. They didn't remove any characters from that scene. They they obviously changed the context of the scene, and they. They did an overhaul on the character. I would think that happens because, you know, obviously Trader Sam ties into Trader Sam's at the Polynesian. Now, I mean, could you change the name? Sure. Could you, could you retheme it? I mean, do, you know, I don't know. It's, it's something to follow. I, I'm, I'm fearful that, and I mean, I gotta be correct as I say it, but I mean, I'm fearful that what else could be, what else can people come for at Disney? that then has to be adjusted. What movies are, are now maybe seemed culturally inappropriate. I don't really know where, where it uh, is going to end, but jungle cruise is, I mean, let's let's talk about it like this. Jungle cruise was always going through, was, was going to go through refurbishment because you have a new movie releasing. They were going to change some things the ride is certainly dated, but I think it's, but, but that was part of its, that was part of its, its appeal and part of its charm too, right? I mean, just like Haunted Mansion. I mean, Haunted Mansion is, is dated, but that's part of its charm. And, and they've added small touches and they've added new effects and that sort of stuff, but they've kept the overall ride intact. And I, and I think that's what's going to happen with Jungle Cruise. Yeah. I mean, they're certainly not going to come and tear big chunks of it out, but I think they're going to put in minor touches just to, and that and that's what I'm hopeful for. I mean, make it make it so it's it's you know more appropriate and people are more comfortable with the attraction. And kind of look at what we do at Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, there there needed to be a change there and that people wanted to see. And I agree or disagree. People wanted to see a change there, and and Disney has kept the the ride intact. I would say. Yeah, and I, I guess I I would just if if I were talking to Disney, you know. Let's let's have some restraint here. Let's have some caution here, and and, and not go overboard, right? I mean, it, because 
it's a very delicate line to walk between keeping these rides fresh and keeping them current and and changing the ride fundamentally so that it doesn't it doesn't click with people anymore right i mean you have these memories of these disney rides from your childhood or from whatever and and you know you you certainly don't want to lose that you don't want to lose that that nostalgia and i and i'll say this i think i think for the most part disney's done a good job of of balancing that and I always have felt this about Jungle Cruise. I, I always look at certain areas. Like I'm just kind of in a rhythm with Jungle Cruise. I know I want to see, you know, the elephant that's gonna that's gonna, you know, spiral over the boat. You got the baby elephant, you have the tiger in the cave, you have the rhino in the that spider. scene. Spider. Which what what was that? The shaking spiders in the cave. You have the spiders, you have the rhino scene and with the hyenas and the people going which I do think that's gonna be changed just for what it's worth. Yes. I, I think those are the parts that that I've always, you know, where they make the the joke of the sleeping zebra, and you have the you're near Pride Rock, but at the at the end of the day, your Jungle Cruise experience is very very dependent on your skipper. Absolutely, because it's because it, at at heart the ride is a boring slow boat ride, right? I mean, it's like Navi River. Trip. But you say that, and I've never thought of it. I've never ever thought of it like that. But when you say it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. If we were to have a, a really dull skipper i probably wouldn't like it but we waited the last time my wife and i went we waited 45 minutes probably to ride jungle cruise i mean if if you had a skipper on navi river journey doing the same thing do you think you would enjoy the ride maybe a little more i mean think about think about great movie ride i mean it was yeah. very dependent yeah, yeah. on that cast member and sometimes you had someone who was dull and sometimes you had someone who who really played the role well i mean the, the last guy that really we had yeah, well, the the last guy that we had was was fabulous. phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, he was great. So that that is a, a piece of news we wanted to hit on, and and wherever you stand with that, we're not, you know, we again, we're not a political podcast at all. So you may feel it shouldn't be changed, you may feel it should be changed. We're just telling you that hey, it's going to be changed. We just kind of report there you go. report what we know. All right. Well, any any other news? I think uh, I think that's it. Okay, well, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Alright, so let's talk about doing Disney with kids. So, 
and, and again, this, this episode ties in with our Patreon where I talk about my trip planning experience for my upcoming trip. Uh, again, patreon.com slash WDW if you're interested in that. But this is going to be more of a general overview. And we've done this before, but, but let's, uh, let's start from the beginning. How do you get there? Well, I mean, you can fly or you can drive, right? And, and that's going to be really dependent on where you're coming from. But I will say, you know, a couple of things that, that you have to think about with kids. If you're flying in, are you going to rent a car? Because if you're going to rent a car and you've got young kids, guess what? You're going to need a car seat. So do you bring the car seat with you? Do you rent a car with a car seat? Do you buy a cheap car seat? How do you how do you do that? I know that some rental car companies do provide car seats. Uh, the other option you have is Uber does have car seats. And I've looked into it and it is a $10 surcharge per ride that you have with a car seat. So, I mean, you can buy your own car seat if you take Uber enough at the end of that. So something to think about. The other thing to think about is a stroller. Just so happens we have a sponsor that can help you out with that, Kingdom Strollers. They will set you up with a stroller. You don't have to haul it through the airport. You don't have to pack it in your car, pack it in your luggage, whatever. They'll hook you up. So stroller, car seat, you know, all your other kid paraphernalia, that's got to get down there somehow. So, so think about that in your trip planning. Think about, I mean, Tom, I had to buy a bigger car to be able to haul my kids and all their stuff around. Yeah, so I'll tell you a funny aside. We had some friends come up and stay with us a few weekends ago. And my wife and I do not have kids, as, as Pete um, has, you know, we've talked about, right? And they visited and, and they have a, almost, a, we're a few months away from being one years old, one year old. And when I was helping my buddy unload his car, I, I said, dude, we should have come to you guys. I mean, I feel awful for all the stuff you've had to bring. And so, Pete, having two, I, I believe it because they're already in the process of thinking we need to size up in a car. I mean, he's got a, you know, he's got like a Camry and she has a, uh, a Nissan Rogue. But, you know, you, the trunk space just isn't there for everything you need. So we went from my wife had a RAV4, which is, a, you know, a small SUV. We went from a RAV4 to an Acura MDX. Uh, and then I went from a, Toyota Tacoma, which is a, a smaller truck, to a GMC Sierra, which is a full-size truck, just to have enough room to haul around all our stuff. Because, I mean, you know, you think about it. You, you get a double stroller. Those things are huge. And again, shout out to Kingdom Stroller. They hook you up. You ain't got to worry about it. Okay. Anyway, so getting there is a, getting there is getting there. Where do you stay? I think a couple schools of thought here. Yeah, there's definitely a few routes you could go. And I... Because I'm always the one who talks about value resorts. Let me let me hit some of those that I think you can. I think you can do the All Stars. I think you can do the Pop Century. I think you can do the Art of Animation. Th- those are, and if I had to tier those, I would say, if Mom and Dad want a little bit more space, Art of Animation. If you're if you're fine with everyone kind of being on top of each other, Pop Century. And if you're fine with not only your kids being on top of you, but everyone else's kids also being on top of you, you can do All Star <laughs> Sports and uh, the All Star Movies or All Star <laughs> Music. Does that sound about right, Pete? I, I think that's I, I think that's really good way to put it. And I mean, look, when when I went to the parks when I was growing up, that's where we stayed. We stayed at All Star, right? We weren't we weren't fancy like you guys staying over at Dixie uh, Dixie Riverside. It was, Di- it was but, Di- I think it was Dixie Landing. It's now Port Orleans Riverside, but yeah, I think it was Dixie Landing. Yeah, yeah, Dixie Landing. But um, 
look, kids love the all-star sports or the all-stars, Pop Century, Art of Animation. Those hotels exist for a reason and they're themed the way they are for a reason. And, and kids love that. Kids eat it up. Now, mom and dad may not love it. Mom and dad may not eat it up. But but look, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a good. I won't say quality room, but it's a decent room, and and yeah, like you said, <laughs> your kids and everybody else's kids are gonna be right on top of you over at the All Star. So I, I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, going over to the moderates, you don't really gain much at the moderates other than other than not having kids running around everywhere. The moderates still have decent pools. You think about Coronado Springs. You think about Caribbean Beach. You think about Saratoga Springs. I really consider that a moderate, even though it's probably not. Uh, and you and you look at Port Orleans and uh, and 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 those all those resorts are they're not if they don't have big characters everywhere they're still themed. But but I don't know that you gain that much going to a moderate with kids. So let let me stop you here and ask you a question. And you you know this because I know you've done the research. Where does art of animation fall? So art of animation is actually it, it is a value, but it's in a different tier than all star. So really, the way it works is you've got the all stars are a, are a value resort. Pop Century and art of animation are both considered value resorts, but they're more expensive than the all stars generally. And, okay, that's what I was asked. So I would say that. If we're talking strictly values, Pop Century feels like a value to me. I would I would stay at Pop Century any trip of my life. But I guess tell me yeah. the difference oh. between Art of Animation and Pop Century that you've found in your research. So Art of Animation, I think the rooms are a little bit bigger. Um, Art of Animation also has the suites. So you've got the Cars suite. You've got the Lion King suite. You know, the Little Mermaid standard rooms are are going to be the same size ish at as at pop century but you do have the suites which which are not cheap don't get me wrong but they do hold more people more comfortably uh so art of animation is just a little bit a little bit nicer and and it's a little bit more expensive too uh, the other thing it has is interior corridors so whereas pop century you know everything's exterior hallways art of animation art of animation is really the only it, well, it is the only value with those interior corridors. And really, maybe, I don't know that any of the moderates have them either. Yeah, so what I would tell you where we're at right now in the episode, I would say if you're a family thinking about going, and you, and I would I would push hard for Pop Century as a, as a value resort. I kind of agree with Pete. I, I don't see the benefit of staying with moderate. You do still have outward-facing rooms in every moderate. Is, is Beach and Yacht? What is Yacht and Beach Club? Yacht and Beach is a is a delight. Okay, so yeah, you, you have outward facing rooms. I think in every moderate. If I'm if I'm incorrect, I'm I'm missing one in my head. So I think now that the question is, do you want to do you want to pay the extra dime to stay deluxe? Well, and, and here's here's where I here's where the other school of thought comes in, and and that is the deluxe resorts are are typically significantly closer to the parks than, than the value or the moderate, with the exception of Animal Kingdom and the Riviera. But you think about the Grand Floridian, you're within walking distance of Magic Kingdom. You're a monorail ride away from Epcot. Uh, boardwalk, Yacht and Beach, you know, you're a walk away from Hollywood Studios, you're a walk away from Epcot. Contemporary, you're a walk away from Magic Kingdom. It's very quick to get from the parks back to the hotel room, which 
which is very important with kids, I think. You know, you're you're going to inevitably have a Disney meltdown at some point. I mean, it's, it's going to happen because everybody's running on high emotions. Everybody's excited. So inevitably, there's going to be something that happens and you're going to have a meltdown. You're going to have to get out of the park. And do you really want to go wait in line for a bus to get back to your value resort, which is, you know, which may be a 25-minute bus ride? So it, in my opinion... Yes, it's worth it to pay for the uh, pay for the deluxe. Uh, just from a location standpoint, and Animal Kingdom Lodge is in there as well that I would pay extra, and and I am paying extra for simply because of the Savannah View rooms. I I think that yes, you lose that location, but but what are you you're gaining that Savannah View, which is huge for kids, and I think. One, I think it's a good part of the episode to talk about, hey, what are your plans on transportation and hotel? We obviously know. But two, you know, think about the parents a little bit here. So if you're looking for a good place to eat, a lot of times the Lux hotels have have good restaurants. And it's probably nice to go eat at a Sanaa, for example. And if you have a meltdown, one of you can can run back and, and take the take your child to the room. And the other one can, can kind of close the bill and you're right there at your room. Yeah. And, and Pete, I think yeah. about your trip. I mean, you're going to spend more time in the room than you ever have at Disney. I would think. You know, it just depends. We don't know, but you might. And to have a yeah, exactly. Savannah view and and to be able to to quickly, you know, go out on the balcony and, and have a nap time where you wake up and you can go check out the animals or have a dinner that you're you're right by your room. I mean, that, that's nice for mom and dad as well. Yeah, and so in my opinion, it's it's totally worth it here to pay the extra for that proximity or for something like, like the Savannah view. So that's where we're going to stay. Where, where are we going to eat? Because you're, you're limited now, right? I mean, before the answer was really simple. You book as many character, uh, character meals as you can. Right. But, but now, and I can tell you from personal experience, I mean, I've got Cinderella's Royal table booked. And I'm going to try to get a breakfast, but we're going to eat quick service the majority of the time, or we're going to eat something in the room. Because again, food at Disney is expensive. Cinderella's Royal Table is like $35 for a kid to eat. Do you think my kid's going to eat $35 worth of food? She's four. Hell no, she's not. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, it's not worth it anymore because you're not getting those character experiences. And there's very few places you can get that still. So I think that unless there is a special themed restaurant that you really want your kids to see, for instance, Be Our Guest or even Rainforest Cafe, T-Rex Cafe, uh, I mean, what? where else would you take a kid? I mean, yeah, it's tough. No, I'm, I'm kind of right there in line with you. My kid loves princesses, but she's not going to get to see a whole lot of princesses at dinner. So – but she wants to eat inside of Cinderella's castle, so we're going to do that. She wants to she wants to see Belle's castle, so we're going to get in to be our guest. So, you know, I I think that your dining options are more limited now than they were, obviously, because there's fewer restaurants and there's fewer character meet and greets. But you know, this is where you really need to think about what what uh, what what are your kids like, you know, and are there any of those themed restaurants? For instance, if I had if I had a ten year old boy. We'd probably be going to Sci-Fi Drive-In or Sci-Fi Dine-In, 
or to fifties uh, prime time, you know, someplace like that, someplace that would be fun for them. It, and I, and I but wanna, I have a little girl. Yeah, I want to bring up another point here too. I mean, you're, you're talking about the world of Disney now. We've always said, "Hey, character dining, do what you can." Well, if you don't have Park Hopper, you have to match up your dinner reservation with your park reservation. They're not gonna they're not gonna let you into another park without a park reservation or without park hopper. So it makes it even more challenging to secure a reservation like Cinderella's Royal Table or Topolino. Uh, Topolino's is a resort. Uh, that's a bad example. But, you know, if, if you're going to do like a sci-fi, you're going to do a Mama Melrose. I mean, all that becomes more challenging with, with the park reservation system. So I think park hopper is another key ingredient to landing some of these dining reservations that Pete's alluding to. I agree. And and then, you know, I think quick service. And I mean, you can get away. If you have two kids, you can get away with ordering them one quick service meal. You know, and I look at, I think there's actually a lot of, of very neat themed quick service restaurants. In Animal Kingdom, you have Satuli, which I don't know that every kid would like the food there. The theming is pretty neat. If you look into Hollywood Studios, I mean, you can go into Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Pete, I don't remember the restaurant name that you ate at where I bumped, where we, my wife and I met you. Docking Bay, I think. Docking Bay 7, maybe. Docking Bay, Docking Bay number 7, yeah. But you've got Woody's Lunchbox there. Yep, yep. You have Woody's Lunchbox. I mean, th- there are – you just have to kind of think through these things and think mobile ordering. I mean, think timing. I mean, I, so many parents have always thought, all right, we're, we're my kids eat at noon. We're going to go into the quick service restaurant at 1130. Well, if you go to Woody's Lunchbox at 1130 today and you place a online order, which you only way you can get food there, there may be a two-and-a-half-hour wait um, per Pete's experience. So – there's a lot more planning on the parents' end when you're taking your kids now because it's all mobile order and it's all you have you have to plan to have a little bit of a delay in getting your food or drink. All right, so that's where you eat. So what do you do? Because I feel like I feel like before when we talked about this, we were like, guess what? You're gonna be waiting in line to see a lot of characters. Which is great. Well guess well, guess what? You're not going to be waiting in line to see a lot of characters anymore. So, so what do you do? I mean, obviously you've got cavalcades, and and I mean, there's there's no real good way to plan for those, right? I mean, you can you can tell when they're going to come, but you really just have to be not on a ride when they come, and 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 you, I mean, they they come frequently enough that it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, and this is something I want to I want to clarify as as someone who's been a few times now uh, since the cavalcades have been been implemented you really don't know when they're coming you'll hear music begin to change within the park and that'll be your indicator that hey something's probably coming maybe we should we should check it out now pete said you don't want to be on a ride you can be in you can be in a line you know i've seen cavalcades waiting in the haunted mansion i've seen cavalcades waiting at mickey and minnie's runaway railway to name a few i've seen cavalcades waiting at Frozen, I've seen them waiting for food and beverage in Epcot in different places. I've seen them at Nomad Lounge when I was sitting there at Animal Kingdom. So, you know, to say that I don't go looking for cavalcades and I see them that often, I, I'm with Pete. You're going to see them, but it's please don't plan your day to sit on Main Street all day and wait. You're going to see them all. Y- yes, correct. You know, don't don't really stress about it. If you get to a point where you ha- where you feel like you haven't seen any, maybe at four o'clock the park closes at six, go to Main Street and hang out. You'll see plenty of them. But I think the thing is here, if you've had children that have already been to Disney, you have to 
you know, help them understand that we're not going to wait in line and, and take a picture with your favorite characters. If you have children who have yeah, not def- been, you're you're golden. They don't they don't know any better. Yeah, definitely temper that expectation if you have to. But but yeah, like I mean, my daughter's never been before, so she doesn't know that you used to be able to wait in line and, and take a picture with a princess. So it's not gonna it's not gonna impact her. But I mean, what else do you do? I mean, I I think that you you really have to know your kids. Like I know that my kid is not going to get on Splash Mountain. Is that going to stop me from getting on Splash Mountain? Probably not. But I know she's not going to get on Splash Mountain. And you're and you're and and you're in a, a situation. Your wife doesn't really like Splash Mountain, so correct. I mean that that's not going to be like one of you is missing out. And obviously you can you can talk to cast members and do kind of the parent swap thing. But you're in a situation where some of those thrill rides you really enjoy. Maybe your wife and and child will go do one of their own things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, like you said, maybe we do a rider swap. Uh, who knows? If, 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 uh, you know, and, and I mean, I, my daughter is, is kind of funny about these sort of things. I mean, she, when we were at Dollywood, we rode a roller coaster together. But after we got off the roller coaster, we went to go get on the carousel and she wouldn't get on the horse on the, at the carousel because she was, she was scared to sit on the horse at the carousel, but she rode a roller coaster. So, I mean, kids are, kids are weird about stuff like that. So you've got to know your kids. You've got to know what, what they're capable of, what they can do. And, and also you need to pay attention to the height restrictions. I mean, Magic Kingdom is a, is a great place to take a kid because there's not a whole lot of height restrictions. There are a couple. But you go to Hollywood Studios, you go to Animal Kingdom, and, and even Epcot, and, and there are some height restrictions. So, you know, don't don't be like the parents that I remember very clearly seeing on my last trip that these kids have waited in line for this ride only to be told, sorry, you can't ride it, you're not tall enough. Disney's generally pretty good about pulling those kids out before before they wait too long, but, but sometimes it it just happens. Yeah, and I think the other thing here is is one, I mean, it's, you know, I get it. Like, not everyone researches Disney like we do and, and our listeners probably. Um, it is good to, to at least familiarize yourself with some of the height requirements. You know, Disney's not going to stop you from walking up to the main entrance of the attraction saying, hey, can we measure my child before we hop in line? I want to make sure. But don't, two things, don't, you know, really don't, I don't want you to be the parent and I say I don't want you, but I mean, I don't think kids would enjoy you being the parent that argues with Disney that I don't care what your height requirement is. I'm okay with he or she riding this or two, you know, your kid is obviously not interested in riding. You know, Pete knows his daughter. Well, she's not, even if she were tall enough, tower of terror is probably not the best attraction for her today. Let's not make them ride it. I think magic kingdom is a great place to kind of test the waters. You have some dark attractions. You have seven doors, which can be a little intimidating. See how they handle that before you take them. Really, to even Slinky Dog. I mean, Slinky Dog's probably slightly more intense than Seven Dwarfs. And, and and don't like like you said, don't be the parent that tries to guilt trip their kid into. Well, we've come all this way. You're going to ride this ride. Don't don't be that guy. That that, that that's that's tough. Because there are plenty. I've, I've seen that a lot. There are plenty of attractions at Disney that are are very welcoming to children. That you know, Winnie the Pooh, Peter the Pan, Small World, Little Mermaid. Frozen sing-along, Mickey Shorts, I mean, uh, Toy Story Mania, Swirling Saucers, 
Mad Tea Party. I mean, you can go on for days. Frozen and Epcot. I'm just naming rides in each in each park now, but there are plenty of opportunities and other attractions for your children to do that aren't going to maybe be too intimidating for them. So I know that's something Pete's going to focus on for his trip for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And this is a this is a test the waters thing too. To you know, when we go back next year, we'll see what uh, we'll see where we're at. But so. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Really, just I mean, yeah. Know know your kids is is kind of kind of my main point here in, in deciding what you do at the parks. But know that it's going to be a lot more attractions. It's going to be a lot more waiting in line. So plan ahead for that. Bring something for your kids to do. You know, I know that I'll plan on bringing some sort of game to play while we're standing in line. Something to keep her busy and keep her occupied for when we're waiting 30, 40 minutes in in a line because it's going to happen. So are you two questions? I mean, you've done Dollywood, so you know how to navigate the attract the lines. But are you going to wear a book bag? I uh, probably will not. Uh, my, we may bring a small bag, but uh, generally we can put everything in my wife's purse, or she'll carry a small bag. I mean, I I only ask that because I always carry the book bag whenever we go. I'm the book bag guy, and you guys. You know, always make sure to load me down with tons of water and your jackets and hoodies and all the random things you probably don't actually need, but it's funny to watch me carry them around. So that's one question. And two- <laughs> And it's nice to have just in case, too. Yeah, it is. It's fun to carry around. Two, <laughs> does your daughter know about Nintendo Switch? She does not. Okay, you have a Switch. I don't know if you want her carrying that around above pavement, but- not particularly, but she does have her own iPad, okay. and she is interested in mom's phone. So, I, I figure between the phones and you know maybe if we could bring a little card game or is your so, is your iPad heavily protected? Yeah, it is, and it but it's the largest iPad in the history of mankind. If we had a, like an iPad Mini or something, I I wouldn't have a problem bringing that. But uh, more than likely, it's just going to be a phone. And again. So we'll have this phone. I'll bring a backup charger. We'll have some sort of card games or something like. We'll have plenty of stuff to do while we're while we're in line. It sounds like it sounds like Dad needs to buy an iPad Mini. Is what I heard. Hey, I mean this 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 trip set me back enough as it is. I don't I don't think we need to pile on any more expense to that. Well, I mean, just to to quickly recap what Pete's actually going to do. I mean, Pete, you're saying it. One more time, you're flying in Animal Kingdom Lodge. You're, you're doing a few days at Disney. You got Magic Kingdom planned. You have Epcot planned, Animal Kingdom. Hopefully, Hollywood Studios in there somewhere, right? Yep, yep. Just don't have a reservation for Hollywood Studios at this point, but hopefully we'll get one. But uh, yeah, plan to spend the bulk of our time likely at Magic Kingdom and, and Epcot uh, and, and then kind of scoot into Animal Kingdom for a morning and hopefully Hollywood Studios for a morning. And you've got... You've got a uh, Cinderella's roll table at least lined up at this point. I, you know, we're obviously a few weeks a few weeks away from your trip, so you're you're going to yeah. continue to hammer the reservations. And we talked about this in depth on our Patreon episode that Pete mentioned earlier. I will say our Patreon episode, from a language standpoint, can probably be more PG thirteen. Just an FYI, if you do listen with your kids in the car, I know a lot of our listeners do, but that is uh, that's where you can get a lot more details on on the uh, decision-making of Pete here and how he came to this process of going back to Disney. Again. Again. Yep, Disney again. All right, well, anything else to say about uh, Disney with kids? No, I think you Looking forward it. to I mean, it. I, I think it's... You know, to me, the high... Go ahead. I'm looking forward to walking down Main Street with uh, 
with my daughter for the first time. Yeah, and I, I think just the highlights are that, hey, look, you know, plan accordingly on, on the resort, understand the character meet and greets aren't there, and understand Disney dining is, is complicated. So if you're going to take your little one there, plan accordingly, have some snacks in the bag, and, and understand mobile ordering and Disney dining reservations. All right, well, let's go to the uh, secret and trivia for the week. What do we got? So secret, I'm probably going to to mispronounce this, so you can you can correct me again if you want to. The Valley of the it's a did you know right? We're going to talk about talking Animal Kingdom. We're going to talk about Pandora. The Valley of Moara. No, you got it. I got it. Is the name given to the land within Pandora? It is here that you see the streams, waterfalls, and the quote unquote floating mountains. And while they're not exactly floating, Disney has a backstory for that. These mountains were floating, but have crash landed onto the ground where they now rest. You can see the water stains from the waterfalls are actually askew and showing what orientation the mountains used to be in before they fell. So I've always wondered this. I mean, they look like floating mountains. If you haven't been, I I do want to stress, they appear to be floating mountains. But you can, if you look throughout the land, you know, figure out they're connected to ground. Well, and and if you look at if you look at this picture, I don't know if you can see it. You can see how they're kind of leaning on each other. Yep. So that that's not how they're represented in Flight of Passage. I mean, this is what the, in in Flight of Passage they're actually floating, right? They're not sitting on top of each other, and so I think that's that that's cool. That's cool. I mean, it, it solves a kind of an engineering problem because how do you really make these mountains float? But uh, but it's cool that they've got a backstory for it. And I, I think our, our trivia question for this week is even cooler, actually. I mean, we're, we're really giving you some background into Pandora, but we're going to focus on the trivia question from last week first, and we'll come to this week. Last week's trivia question. Uh, question. <laughs> well, last week's trivia question. Where can you find the dedication plaque for Disney's Animal Kingdom's uh, parks opening day? So you can actually find this dedication plaque on a stone in the oasis beneath bushes just past the turnstiles. So... The oasis is that entrance area when you walk into Animal Kingdom. Just past the turnstiles, it is on a stone beneath some bushes. I can promise you a cast member can point you into this direction if you'd like to see it. But that is the dedication plaque that was uh, obviously there for Animal Kingdom's opening day. So, and these are these are at all four parks. Um, and did did you know? And, and this is this is just kind of a fun fact. So, the Magic Kingdom opened officially on October first, right? Mm-hmm. But the the dedication and like the official grand opening actually was not until October twenty fifth, because they they had like a three day opening event starting October twenty third, because the opening of Disneyland was such a catastrophe, so they wanted to make sure it was smooth, so they kind of it was kind of a soft opening on October first, even though October first is the date that, you know, Disney is celebrating the fiftieth anniversary. I did not know that. That's like so, double secrets in an episode. Little fun, little fun fact there. So we're going to go to the trivia question of this week, which I'm glad I don't have to read the answer to you because I don't think I could actually read it correctly. Pete always has to help me with the correct pronunciation on some of these words. So uh, trivia question of this week, how do humans breathe on Pandora? So obviously Pandora is a land within animal kingdom where flight of passage and Navi river journey and Satuli canteen are all located. Pandora comes from the movie Avatar, and it's a fair question. How do we as humans breathe on Pandora? You can tweet us at podcast or email us at menduww at gmail.com with your guesses. It's a fairly lengthy answer, 
So uh, I'm okay if you have to type a little bit to make me understand what you're trying to say. Well, and you, I mean, you've seen the movie, right? So you know that like the atmosphere of Pandora is poisonous to humans, which is why they have to use these avatars, which are human and Navi Correct. hybrids. Correct. So and, and any, I'm pretty sure anytime you see humans like outside in the movie, they're wearing like oxygen masks or, or they're in those, whatever the power armor thing is called. Yeah. And so it's a fair question. How are we breathing on Pandora? I mean, I always breathe well there and I don't have a mask on. So how are we breathing in Galaxy's Edge too? I need to find that. I don't have that answer today, but I will have that answer maybe in a a future episode. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. I think this is a good episode and and I I hate to say it again, but you get all the scoop on Pete's trip on the Patreon. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please tweet us or email us at mendoww at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have your time. We'll see you next week.